Hi everyone, Terry Welbrock here of the Healing Place Podcast. Just taking a second to tell you, I got the most exciting news last night. At around 11 p.m., I popped on to uh, Listen Score, and the Healing Place Podcast is now in the top 2% out of 2.8 million shows globally. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm hugging you, my heart to your heart, soul to soul, for being a part of this healing space, for listening, for sharing it, for inviting others to join in. I am still trying to wrap my head around the fact that it's in the top 2%. That's just so amazing, and my eyes well up with happy tears, so... Uh, this is a wonderful conversation today with a local healer on Hilton Head Island, uh, Dr. Kelly LeBlanc of Cairo Kelly, uh, chiropractor. And we go pretty deep on some crazy, awesome topics, not just beyond, uh, not just healing, uh, but beyond that. Uh, so just just powerful, awesome conversation. So just open yourself up to the possibilities of, of the topics that we're about to about to uh, endeavor upon, I guess, is the right word. <laughs> All right, now for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Dr. Kelly LeBlanc. And I'm going to read her bio. Dr. Kelly LeBlanc provides gentle chiropractic care, applied kinesiology, Kinesiology. yes, I said it, soft Mm -hmm. tissue therapy, yoga exercise therapy, nutritional counseling, Reiki, and mind-body emotional release. Her approach is holistic, thorough, and caring, and I can say yes to that because I've been to see her. So welcome, Dr. Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So this is part of the uh, special series, the Healers of Hilton Head that I'm doing, which really it's the Healers of the Low Country, but uh, right. because we're reaching out into Bluffton and Buford and other areas down here, but we'll just, yeah. we'll just encompass it in the whole Hilton Head area. Yeah. We um, have some amazing, amazing people in this area. It's, you know, an amazing concentration. As a matter of fact, I thought of one other person that I didn't tell you about, which I'll tell you about. I'll mention her name, just Ife Teo. Do you know Ife Teo? I do White? not. No. So yeah, you want to talk to her and uh, yeah, you, you would love to have her on and um, yeah, she's a bright light for sure. So Oh, yeah. wonderful. Well, I'm excited then. Yeah, I'll be sure to, to connect with her and uh, reach out. And that's the beautiful thing. Everybody I've reached out to so far has uh, said, oh, my gosh, I would love to be on. And so I just have, I think I'm up to about 16 different healers. Uh, Isn't that amazing? That'll yeah. be on the show. I think I'll probably hit about 40. I was hoping to, my goal was 20. So I, I know right. I'll go beyond that, Right. right. Um, which is amazing. wonderful. So yes. Yeah, so let's talk about, so I've I've been to Kelly Chiropractic, which is mid-island for all the Hilton headers who are listening in Wexford. Um, yeah. So talk to us, well, one, just a, you know, a little intro of what moved you into this line of work. Oh, um, well, I, my daughter was born in 1985, and I had a very difficult birth with her and had trouble walking afterwards. And someone had suggested chiropractic and I started to go. It helped so much that, uh, and felt so good that I've been going ever since. 
and I had be had considered becoming a chiropractor, um, but I didn't want to move my daughter away from her dad, uh, who was in New Jersey, and we were in New Jersey, and uh, no chiropractic schools in New Jersey. So when she went to college, I went back to college. So this is a second career for me. And I, I was an IBM and AT&T technical project manager, so pretty different. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I say I call this my soul work. And I tell you, I was in a whole other different realm of work as well. And uh, when you when you just find that and listen to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, when I was in chiropractic school, I was definitely drawn to chiropractic. But even in chiropractic school, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be like. What is it? You know, am I actually going to like it? There was some doubt there. But, you know, once I started practicing, it was a total like, oh, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. So if anybody out there is considering changing careers, you know, COVID has brought that up for a lot of people. Like what's really important to me? You know, a lot of people are asking that question. So anybody that's thinking about changing careers, just follow your heart. I, I say that a lot. You know, it's the best guide, the best doctor. Just listen to your own heart. So. Yes, absolutely. I tell my three kids that all the time is follow, follow your heart, follow your passion. And uh, yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, And I know, again, I've been to see you and wow, my family came home. This is the beautiful story of this. So so my daughter uh, was having some back issues and um, we had been directed in your direction. And mm-hmm. my family came home and they said, Oh my gosh, Terry, you are <laughs> going to absolutely love Dr. Kelly. She is right up your alley, just such a beautiful, gentle soul. And so I was having some health issues as everyone who listens in knows with this uh, mycotoxin poisoning. And so I thought, I'm just going to go. I, for whatever reason, I thought I just, I'm just going to go and make an appointment. And just such a beautiful session. I walked away feeling incredibly healed. I I, I want to say not just physically, uh, you, you know, it's a part of the journey, um, but but emotionally and spiritually as well. It was mm-hmm. it was a very it was a very holistic healing. Uh, oh, I love that. Session, yeah. Both sessions that I've had with you. So thank you yeah. for that. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I really love my patients and uh, I really loved meeting your family too. I, you know, just like uh, your daughter's a teenager. I love working with teenagers too. So, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm so, uh, you know, grateful that people refer to me and, uh, and uh, I love pe- meeting people one-on-one. This one, you know, we had talked, I'm, I'm thinking about this just being a one-on-one conversation, not going out to the world, but hello, everybody right. out there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think love is really healing and, uh, you know, we can all do that. So, oh, for sure. Well, that was one of the messages we just talked before I hit record about, I did the harmonic egg. And one of the messages I got was that it's all about love. I mean, that's the energy, that's the current, that's, that's what it's about. Um, and so I just keep reminding myself about that. And so it certainly flows from you. I mean, I felt it the moment we met, (laughs) Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, it's like uh, I, yeah, and your background is like so interesting. So I was completely fascinated and thrilled to meet you. You know, I was a Jehovah's Witness when I was a teenager. I was a Catholic as a kid, and then I followed my mother into the Jehovah's Witness faith. And um, you know, for whatever people know about Jehovah's Witness, they study the Bible very seriously and very, um, you know, with a lot of integrity. You know, they really try to understand it and. You know, the only thing that really 
kind of struck me when I was studying the Bible as a teenager is the phrase, God is love. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, God is love. I get it now. So, yeah, yeah. so it's simple, right? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it really is. I mean, if, right. I just, if we would just, I don't know, live by that yeah. um, and try to radiate yeah. that love and that light. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I was talking to my brother yesterday and, um, you know, he's at the end of his, nearing the end of his life. And he was a Vietnam vet and had a lot of injuries from Vietnam and, and just, uh, just a lot of, you know, difficulty with his body. But um, we were talking about the golden rule and, um, and um, he was saying something about the degradation of morals. I'm like, well, you know, the golden rule is like really all we need. And you could call that um, the religion if you want. But, you know, it's really it's like the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, and really, do we need anything else? And that's the opposite of selfishness and corruption, which is really what's, you know, <laughs> You right. Know, we could do without that. It's just like very simple, you know, yeah. just uh, but I was thinking this morning because um, I was thinking a lot about sensitivity and um, how a lot of sensitive people and I'm a sensitive person. You're a sensitive person. I suspect that your audience is a lot of sensitive people. And by sensitive, I don't just mean emotionally sensitive, but kind of sensitive across the board, uh, which a lot of sensitive people are. And um, how a lot of sensitive people are very loving towards other people and not as loving towards themselves, you know, so maybe do unto yourself as you would do unto other people as well, you know, so it's so like the golden true. rule, but it applies to you too. So, yeah, because, uh, you know, I still, I've had a healer's journey myself and we can talk about that. I know that you are in the, we are, and you are in the middle of a healer's journey yourself. And, um, you know, um, uh, you know, dealing with our sensitivities is uh, is a challenge and a gift. <laughs> you know, the experience that you had with the harmonic egg would not have happened. You wouldn't have even been there if you had not been a sensitive person. So it's like all the challenges and the gifts of sensitivity. So, yeah. And that's yeah. a little teaser, everybody. I'm going to do a whole separate episode and have Shembra from uh, Equilibrium to come on yeah. and talk about the harmonic eggs. So you'll have yeah. to go back and listen for that. Because, uh, yeah. Wow. It's a great story. <laughs> I I look forward to that myself because I'm very interested in Shembra and her buddy. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure exactly how to refer to the harmonic egg. It's not an inanimate object, oh, I guess. Yes. That. And it's certainly uh, a being of energy. Uh, yeah. 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 Ali, Ali the egg. Yeah. Magic and wisdom and uh, yeah. Portal maybe. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. I would say a portal. That's a great yeah. way to put it because yeah. that's certainly what I experienced. Yeah. Part Amazing. of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Life is very magical, isn't it? Every once in a yeah. while, you know, we in our world kind of almost get used to magic and we talk about it like it's no big deal. It's like and every, every once in a while I step back and it's like, holy crap, you know, it's life is very magical. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And some days more than others. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that's, you know, that's where the miracles lie. I mean, really, there's miracles every day. And it's yeah. in that magic. It's in that uh, those experiences that, we, again, like you said, if we're open to them. Right. Uh, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's just an amazing experience. Yeah. 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 I'd like to talk a little more about sensitivity, because uh, yes, when I was yes. thinking about your audience and kind of like what I want them to know and maybe anything that I could offer 
in terms of like what I've learned along the years in my own path and my practice is that, um, you know, what, what sensitivity is and because I, I meet a lot of patients in my practice that don't really recognize their own sensitivity or they are coming at it from this is where my body hurts or I'm having, you know, these symptoms, but they don't recognize like at root and I'm always looking for the root of it, the issues. Yes. It's like, oh, you need to manage your sensitivities in one way or another. And, and not all of my patients are sensitive, but a, a, a large, I don't know whether it's a majority, but a large proportion are because sensitive people are attracted to my office because I'm a sensitive person. They're drawn there because I do really gentle chiropractic. I don't do cracking. I do like tap, tap, tap. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the type of chiropractic that's really good for sensitive people. It removes low, low, low hanging stress. You know, the very kind of like low hanging fruit. That's what I was talking about in terms of stress. It's like align the body, gentle, gentle, gentle. And, you know, that itself releases stress. And when, you know, the challenges of sensitivity um, are things like, well, emotional sensitivity and anxiety and depression, which I consider almost a normal now because so many of my patients have anxiety, depression. When I had anxiety, depression very severely in my 30s, I felt abnormal. And I tell people regularly, like, no, it is a normal thing. And, uh, you know, learning, I look back on my anxiety, depression now, and I didn't want to go on medication. You know, I was not, I'm not a medication person. And I'm like, no, I don't want to just take a pill. I want to understand where this is coming from, get to the root of it and kind of like figure it out. And for the most part, I would say I have, I still have social anxiety at times, kind of getting on this call this morning. I was like, oh, you know, so, but, uh, you know, I look back at um, the journey and I'm like, I'm grateful for that anxiety, depression, because, uh, you know, I've learned so much because it was kind of like, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And I know you talk to people. I mean, that's what this is, podcast is all about. You are constantly learning from people. Yes. Well, look, let's, let's learn about this. Let's learn about that. So it's like that, that is the healer's journey. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for everything I've learned along the way. And I know you are too. And um, so, you know, emotional sensitivity is only one you know, portion of it. I have lots of, um, you know, sensitivities in terms of foods and allergies and kind of like learning to manage that and avoid the things that I'm sensitive to. And, you know, the, um, the gut issues, the sinus issues, you know, sensitivities can cause all kinds of problems, you know, to the extent of, uh, um, what is it? Um, uh, when the body attacks itself. Oh, autoimmune. Autoimmune, yeah. We're going to use each other's brains because we exactly. were talking about being menopause brains. So thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So to you know, to the to the extent that sensitivities can cause autoimmune, and I have that as well. But um, I have not been diagnosed with autoimmune. I put autoimmune in quotes because I manage it by like I have eliminated grains completely from my diet. If I have not gluten, because there's so much talk about gluten, but if I have if I test my husband's pasta with my teeth and not thoroughly wash out my mouth afterwards, because I don't know another way to test pasta, to, you know, I haven't figured out a better way. Right. But if I don't thoroughly wash out my mouth, my thumb will throb. And a few years ago, I discovered, and you know, I've always been, I have been sensitive to wheat 
for a long time. It used to affect my, my sinuses and then it affected my lungs and then it moved into my gut and now it's moved into my joints. So, uh, but this is me, this is my sensitivity. It doesn't have to be your sensitivity or, you know, you could be sensitive to something else. You know, you could be sensitive to things that are good for most people, but not for you. Like ginger, I'm sensitive to, of course, it's good for a lot of other people. Right. So, um, yeah. I, so, you know what? I have to just say really quick. I had switched to this other toothpaste that was healthier, more organic, more holistic. And I was brushing my teeth a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, <coughs> like my throat. Right. Right. <laughs> my tongue's yeah, a little yeah. tingly. Oh, what's going on? Didn't right. think much of it. Ate. No problems. Went to brush my teeth, you know, again. And I was like, oh, uh, again, didn't think much of it. Wasn't correlating it. And then right. the third time I did it, my throat closed up. And I was oh like, my God. it was yeah, very wow. temporary. But oh I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I am having a reaction to toothpaste. To yeah. This. Did you did you figure out what's specifically in the toothpaste? I haven't yet. No, but it's yeah. making me a little <clears throat> just thinking about it. <laughs> well, you know that I I would encourage you to kind of try to figure out you know, obviously don't experiment with it because, but there might be something in there that you would think is innocuous, but the next time you have it, your throat could close up. So right. it could, you know, that is, you know, that reaction, mm, pay attention to. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. So your, your sensitivities are your sensitivities and um, it's so important to just pay attention. And I think that's why, you know, I've spent my whole adult life just kind of like, uh, you know, what am I sensitive to just watching what I eat and the reactions afterwards. So I'm, I'm a very keen observer, not only of, yeah. you know, things like that with myself, but other people too, and seeing patterns and so, yeah. So, um, but uh, I wanted to recommend the book, the highly sensitive person. Do you know that book? I have not read it. It's uh, come Elaine, across my radar, but I have not yeah. read it. Elaine Aaron, A-R-O-N. And uh, you can get it on Amazon, but uh, she is a psychologist and uh, she talks about the sensitivity from the perspective of, you know, psychology, not from physical sensitivities, but, um, you know, uh, that's a very valuable book. I, I first read The Highly Sensitive Child, which she wrote as well. And because my my granddaughter is a highly sensitive child, I'm like, oh, what do I do with this kid? It's like Google The Highly Sensitive Child and her book comes up. And I've recommended both books over the years. And when I read, first read it, I'm like, oh, my God, I wish that my parents had known about this, <laughs> you know, and then the highly sensitive person, I've recommended it so many times over the years and uh, two sensitive people and everybody just absolutely finds it invaluable. So, yeah, oh, so the highly sensitive person. Yeah, yeah, yeah highly recommend it. Do yeah, you so find, my, can I ask a question? Yeah. Do you find so? So I have, you know, the the trauma history, her pretty horrific trauma history, particularly a high ACEs score for adverse childhood experiences. Right. That those who have trauma history tend to be more sensitive. Is there a correlation? Do you know? Well, that's exactly what Elaine Aaron talks about. And, uh, you know, it's like if you're a more resilient, less sensitive child, something that happens might bother them less. And, uh, you know, there's, there's trauma, and then there's trauma, but you know, sometimes you might not even think that it's traumatic. But for a sensitive person, sensitive child, you know, in there with their little sensitive 
you know, um, level of understanding is very traumatic for them. So uh, I have a patient who grew up in World War II. She was born in World War II and her father was away for the first three years of her life. And so her father came home and kind of scooped her up and was, you know, swinging her around and she's this three-year-old, right? And everybody's just joyous around her. But in therapy, she realized, you know, she's in her 60s now. She realized like that was highly traumatic for her. She didn't understand what the hell was going on. All of a sudden, this, you know, stranger comes up and, you know, so this is what sensitive children do. What she did was like, see the reaction of everyone else not scream her bloody head off saying, I don't want to be in this guy's arm. She's like, I must be feeling the wrong thing, suppress her own feelings and try to match whatever everybody else is, you know, wanting or needing. So this is what sensitive children do, right? It's like, oh, what do you need? What do you need? Rather than like, you know, pay attention to what they need. What would have happened if she had screamed her bloody head off and said, you know, I don't want to be in this guy's arm. They may, might have, you know, taken her in, into their lap and say, oh, honey, we, you know, this is what's going on and help her digest what happened, you know, to help her uh, integrate that. And instead, you suppressed, suppressed the trauma and, uh, you know, you, you stop listening to your heart, basically. You get more and more divorced from not only that child, it's separated literally from the child, your inner child, but also, you know, that that trauma doesn't get processed and the process, my own journey of trauma. And I've had, um, I was raped my, by my brother uh, and I was raped by a stranger and I've fully processed the rape by the stranger to the point where I'm grateful for that. But uh, you know, the rape by the brother, maybe not a hundred percent, you know, and this was as a child and there have been other like the, I talked about the birth of my daughter, that was another trauma, you know, as an adult. So you, trauma doesn't necessarily only happen in childhood, but you have to process it, right? So, and uh, so I've gone through really at the guidance of Pema Chodron, C-H-R-O-D-O-N, she's a Buddhist teacher and psychologist or therapist anyway. Um, but she says, a stay, stay, you know, stay with it, stay with it, which is very much like somatic experiencing. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, gone that route, but um, I'm in the middle of yeah. a six week course right now. It is yeah, somatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Powerful. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, 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 all that trauma is stored in the body and you know, what does it need to do? It needs to process. How do you process? You have to feel it. You know, you have to kind of go, go into it bravely I mean, I'm talking from my own personal experience with a lot of courage and determination. You know, when I was processing and I didn't do somatic experiencing, but my experience of staying, stay, stay was, uh, you know, with the rape by a stranger, it felt like my arm was being torn off and I could stay with it for maybe a second at a time. At times, sometimes I would be like, okay, that's enough. You know, but every time I knew, every time I touched it, I was processing it a bite at a time until it got to the point where there enough, there enough of it was processed that I was able to move past it somehow. I'm not sure exactly what that threshold was, but yeah, Pema Chodron is, um, you know, one of the big influences on my life for sure. Yes. And my husband says there's many ways to get to Pittsburgh. 
And uh, I love that. I say it more often than he does now. And But that's the beauty of life is that there are so many paths that help. And, um, you know, you have to just find the path that you're drawn to and and try it out. And, you know, if it doesn't fit, then maybe another path is drawing, you know, after that and keep moving forward. So, I mean, this to me, the meaning of life. So Yes. Oh, I say it so often on this show. And again, what you said, I have 250 episodes and it's about that reason. So yeah. find what works for you. And and the yeah. other thing I say, I mean, I call I call it building our coping skills toolbox. What yeah. what may work for a while may stop working for a bit. And you have to yeah. then, you know, pull something else out of the toolbox. Or yeah. what may work one day because of something that happened the previous day and you're feeling a little more triggered, that might not be the tool that you use. And so you just kind of find your groove. I mean, I know I, but I'm always exploring. I mean, taking this somatic uh, healing course um, offered by one of my previous podcast guests. Well, actually he's been interviewed, but I haven't put his show out yet. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, Oh, it's, it's, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm always learning. Yeah. And I love that idea. Yeah. And is that a online course or is it in person or? Yeah, it's online. There's um, like 300 of us in this course yeah. right now. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. But we do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And he records it because I can't do it when I work mm-hmm. during the day yeah. uh, for some of them. So then I can just sit at night and plug in my ear. Yeah, AirPods, and uh, I'll have to get that information from you because uh, that's something that I would definitely want to recommend to patients. So, oh, yeah. wonderful! Oh, for yeah. sure, and he's yeah. he's amazing. He's yeah, wonderful, yeah. Uh, and uh, it sounds like a um, an affordable way to do therapy, which uh, you know a lot of people can't afford therapy. So right. you know that might be really great, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, the coping to me. You know, I years ago I did the forum, which is kind of like an outgrowth of Est, if you remember. Uh, um, but forum, I, there are so many things that stick with me. It was like a three-day program about um, just learning what human beings do, and I do love the forum, and I recommend it to a lot of people. And uh, one of the things that I learned in there, and this is like, you know, I, I took it when I was 30, but I remember so much from it. And one is like, what you resist persists. Uh, so it's kind of like, and uh, it's kind of like the opposite of what Pema Chodron has said in terms of stay. So um, I think coping implies at some level resistance. Uh, and I think that life is kind of a setup for this. Like it's not intuitively obvious to go in the direction of pain. So, but if you do go in the direction of pain in the direction of trigger and kind of like go into it, then that's where the gold is. Yes. You know, it's kind of like, um, I, uh, it was, I, I don't know whether I, yeah, I shared this on Facebook, but I, I have an eight-year-old granddaughter and um, I showed her the picture of the Japanese pottery that's fixed by gold. So it's yes. like yeah. when it's broken, they fix it with gold and then you end up with this object that's you know much more beautiful than it was before it was broken. So, you know, that there's, you know, the, the point is not to get back to where it wasn't broken. Can't do that, you know? So the the point is like, oh, what kind of gold is there in, you know, in, in fixing this. And it might not look the way that you 
well, what did it look to look when you were a child? Well, you know, you can't swim upstream. There's no point, you know. Um, but uh, I'm mixing metaphors here. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, you know, uh, I think that the Pema Chadron's work really taught me to go into pain and, and really the forum too, because that's where I first learned, like, when you go in, like pain is in your head, literally, I'm talking about literal pain, and you know, pain, the perception of pain is in your head. I dropped a can of tomatoes, like one of those big cans on my toe. This was years ago. Yeah. And I had heard in the forum of about this guy that couldn't, couldn't do anesthesia, anesthesia at all. And he had to have major dental surgery. So he did this technique of going into the pain. And Lamaze is, you know, the breathing technique with, uh, you know, um, with birth is all about escaping from the pain, right? Breathe and breathe and get over there and have focus over there, have uh, something that you could focus on. But um, I really have thought about, you know, we need to train mothers to go into the pain and experience it. So he was able to have major dental surgery and just go into the pain, kind of fully experience it. So when I dropped this can of tomatoes on my toe, I was running around you know, I, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's like extreme pain, you know, it's like 10 out of 10 pain. So I was running around the condo and uh, just trying to uh, escape, escape from this pain, escape. And I'm like, okay, well, I was desperate. So I laid down on my bed. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to go with this. And by this time I had, you know, a pretty good foundation of meditation. You know, I had done Zen sessions, you know, silent retreats and all that. But anyway, so in any case, I laid down and um, I just tried to go into the pain deeper and deeper and exploring it like where exactly was it where what where it was in my toe um whether there's any colors associated with it uh just kind of like exploring where what is it exact what does it exactly feel deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and when i got to the bottom of it what it felt like and there was a bottom to it right that's the news at the bottom it felt like heat with an urge to run that's what it was at the bottom. There wasn't pain. It was just heat with an urge to run. And um, so I think that it's the same uh, managing my trauma going into the, you know, where do I feel it? Stay, stay, stay. It's like, oh, I, you know, where in my body is it, right? It was like, it's in my arm. I was like, oh, now it feels like my arm is uncomfortable. Now it feels like my arm is being torn off. It's like, okay, that's all I could take. But um by going into it, I think that that's where the discovery is. Oh, so I recommend it. That's the recommend somatic. It. That's that's yeah. what we're doing in this course. Yeah. and it's yeah. That's why you know I've I've never taken somatic experiencing, but I knew from the words somatic experiencing that that was what Pema Chodron was talking about. Yes. Because you know I had already by the time I had heard that those words, I had already done that some of that work so I'm like oh I understand what that is so yeah I've read like, one of yeah. her books it's on the shelf behind me and I, I can't remember which yeah. one um yeah but yes I, I love she, she's well. yeah and she has um audiobooks too that I really recommend she's so funny um and <laughs> and I've just listened to her so many times you know, the same thing same lecture over and over and over again and and uh she's so entertaining and what she has to teach is like so amazingly deep. So yeah, I Wonderful. recommend her. Wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do have to say in, in doing that, going into the pain and trying to find its color, find its shape, right. where right. is it? Is it, is it radiating? Is it moving? You know, then that's what I've found is very fascinating is if I go into it, particularly with trauma, 
with right. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I I will feel it move. And I was just talking about it yesterday. We something had come up, and I said, you know, right now, like I feel it in my stomach. My <laughs> stomach's churning just a little bit. And as I moved into it, went into it, I was like, well, that's weird. It all of a sudden is in my right thumb. Like I was like. Right. And then I was, there was like this tingling sensation, almost like it was trying to get away from me. Right. Like right. Looking at it. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And when uh, I know that when I was doing that work, it's like, am I really feeling that? And you just have to, you know, trust it and follow it and just like, what, feel what you feel, you know, yeah. it's like, where, what are you feeling right now? So, yeah. And, um, you know, stuff gets stuck in the body. So, I mean, where else is it going to be? So, exactly. uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I think it's, um, you know, just something to use for your path forward. So it's like, how do I use this? Oh, I'm triggered. How do I use the trigger? So, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, triggers to me are, um, they're, uh, like a, like a, like a sign, like, Hey, this needs attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, had a patient last week who uh, she was having trouble working out and uh, she would work out and, you know, push her body and then have nine out of 10 pain. I'm like, you're not listening to your body. You know, it's like, you know, you're, but you have this idea of like, my body's supposed to do this. And, uh, you know, just kind of like not really respecting what her body was telling her afterwards, you know? And I think that that's, uh, that is a sign to me. And, you know, I only saw her twice because she was only visiting the island but it was a sign to me, like she's suppressing herself. People who have a high tolerance for pain, it's like you've suppressed your your nervous system to the point where you're not paying attention to your body signals and people get into trouble because of high tolerances for pain. Or like, I should be able to do something. It's like, well, maybe your body is saying no, you know, maybe it doesn't need that. Maybe it needs something else. Maybe it just needs to be respected and heard, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Again, we're back to listening to the heart, right? You know, where we started. Yeah. Well, and one more thing that I wanted to bring up with the whole uh, sensitivity thing Mm -hmm. is I have found myself being much more sensitive as I heal physically, like this last bit of this physical healing journey, incredibly sensitive to energy, energy of other people, energy of things around me. I mean, I'm talking like energy of the trees. I was walking through a beautiful uh, little area um, and this magnificent, you know, we had these beautiful live oaks on Hilton Head Island that just to me are these magical beings. And I was just walking along in my own little world, like thinking, oh, you know, my brain going and I got to go do this. And and I'm not kidding. I stopped dead in my tracks and I turned my head and I was like, hi. (laughs) And it was this this magnificent tree. And I just stood there and took in its energy for a minute. But it was almost as if it called out to me like, hey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to find there's an interview of someone that um, he talked about trees that way. And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of weird. But everything that you said, I really respect. And it's like, oh, and I have to think about this because I haven't felt that with trees myself. I mean, I love trees, but uh, yeah. So I'll have to try to find his interview because I'll, I'll send that to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, when uh, with sensitive people, and uh, oops, let me just hit that. Uh, you know, I think that 
It may be even that the meaning of life is to master boundaries, you know, because there's some energy that you want to let in, you know, and uh, it's beneficial for you and some energy that um, you don't want to let in. <laughs> and we talked about that too, right? The, you know, this like people that appear to be, you know, really coming from love, but they're not coming from love yeah. or they're, they're injured in some way. And they're just um, energy vampires, maybe not on purpose, but you, you have to watch that. But uh, this is a sensitive person especially for sensitive people, because they're not necessarily good at boundaries. They do a lot of giving, 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 um, or they're like so aware of what everybody else's needs. And um, so they're like, uh, let's actually the Buddha um, said a quote from the Buddha is like, you can pave the world with leather or you can put shoes on your own feet. So it's like literally the boundaries, like, you know, putting the shoes on your own feet rather than trying to fix the, the whole world or fix your, fix your family and, you know, make sure that everybody else is okay because I don't want to be anxious, <laughs> you know, but yeah. And um, I talked to a patient the other day, a young woman who I was really, really happy for her because she, it's from what she said, it sounds as though she got out of a potentially really dangerous relationship before it became dangerous. And she is, she has a history of really severe trauma and, you know, she appears weak uh, and she's struggling with all that. And um, so I think that those type of people get preyed on by narcissists, sociopaths. So uh, it's really important. And it's a really important to, you know, you know, be aware, like, what does my heart say about that the intuition? It's like, how often can a person lie to you once? That's it. That's it. It's like, how many liars do you have in your, in your life? Zero. Zero. It's like no tolerance. There's certain things that, you know, if somebody's going to disrespect you, like, no, don't have any tolerance for that. So it's kind of like healthy boundaries, you know, yeah. there's the, I say, talk about boundaries, like there's boundaries like this, which I, as a mother, have a tendency to do that with my daughter. She reminds me very often, stop doing that, right. but we want to protect people, right? And, yeah. or there's boundaries like this, which, you know, if I'm angry at my husband, sometimes I like, you know, it's not very nice either. But, you know, our boundary right now is kind of like in the middle, you know, equal to equal, you know, this exchange between the two of us, it's like um, build it, building energy because um, you don't want to, you know, with I do Reiki and uh, other forms of energy work. And you had mentioned it at the beginning, but the cardinal rule of energy work is like you don't donate your energy to somebody else and you don't take the energy from them. It's not necessary. Like uh, energy work in its at its essence, at its optimum is like connecting with love, you know, and when you're giving love, that's not you're not donating your energy. That's not the same thing. You don't donate love. You know, it's like, no, that doesn't even make sense. You know, you love someone that's not donating love. It's it's more kind of allowing love to flow through you. But yeah, um, boundaries are a, a sensitive person issue for sure. It's kind of like, how do you master boundaries? How do you listen to your heart? What what do I need? Yeah. Like, what do I need in this situation? Um, and sometimes you have to let people go, you know, or, you know, even temporarily, you know, like I'm I love only you, but you're not good for me right now. So. Yeah. And I'm only reacting because like, I mean, if anybody's watching the video, 
I, I love when all of when when the stars align and this happens. I had just before we came on, I was on Facebook for just a few minutes. I haven't been on a whole lot, but I was on and a friend of mine posted something about narcissism. And so it just really struck a chord with me. And so I responded and wrote this pretty lengthy response about you know, my experience with a narcissist who, who was a friend and, uh, but putting healthy boundaries in place and how, when I finally learned how to put healthy boundaries in place and started saying no, then she ghosted me and completely cut me off and disappeared from my life with no explanation or reason. And so it is once you start to put those healthy boundaries in place it's amazing how those energy vampires the narcissists the abusive people in your life will they don't like those boundaries yeah yeah and uh yeah yeah my um i don't think she'll mind me well i won't say who it is but you know an energy um energy work teacher you know she was saying that someone came up to her and only you can see my arm but you know he was very negative and he did this to her with his hand. And he was just like emanating evil. And um, I wonder, I didn't say this to her, but it's like, why do you let that near you? It was like, no way. (laughs) That stuff does not come near me. No, no, no. That's out, out, out. No, it's like not allowed. So um, I think it might be because I know who she is in the world and her energy, and it might be part of her path that she's learning something about not doing that. Or it might be that she has something to teach them. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to make a judgment about it, but I know in my life, no, no, at this point in my life, no, can't come in. Right. I, I was really obsessed with, uh, I watch a lot of YouTube, so uh, it's kind of like my research source, (laughs) but I was watching a lot of experts talk about narcissism and sociopathy. Well, really, I was like, I didn't quite understand what narcissism was. And like, you know, so I was watching lots of videos about psychologists talking about narcissism and and then started talking about, uh, you know, l- l- you know, uh, so, uh, sociopathy and psychopathy, which is all kind of the same spectrum. And after watching 100 videos on all of this, A, it's fascinating. But B, I, I got to understand, at least in part, where where that comes from, you know, the illness underneath it. Uh, and the, maybe the trauma, maybe severe, severe trauma underneath it. And I got to the point where instead of me like, oh, you know, ooh, narcissism or psychopathy or I was like uh, Charles Manson, you know, it's just like Hitler, you know, re- this reaction. You know, I got to the point where I could I could comprehend and have some compassion about it. I'm like, oh, that's why I wanted to watch all these videos. So because I didn't want that reaction. I don't want that reaction to anybody. I wanted to have compassion. Well, I had had to learn compassion for a murderer that was in my life that I had to testify against. I had to learn compassion for me personally. I'm saying I had to for, yes, my own rapist, for my own, uh, those, those, um, predators who molested me as a child for, I mean, all of my traumas because and the way I look at it is that, and I, gosh, I just had this conversation yesterday with a friend <laughs> um, yeah. and because she wants to go track somebody down and kill him for molesting a child that she knows. And, and she right. was just like, how do you find forgiveness, Terry? Like, how did you find mm-hmm. compassion? What, how did you do it? I can't do it. And I was like, I went to the place of thinking of like my, the murderer. 
um, we were both born these innocent little creatures, these little beings of light. And somewhere along his path, I don't know his story. I don't know his trauma history. I'm not making excuses for his behavior. However, I can look, I can relate to him light to light, soul to soul. And, um, you know, forgive his human mistakes. And so when I looked at it like that, it made it easier for me to find compassion for him. Again, I don't want him any near anywhere near me, nor his energy, but I was able to just kind of take a step back and say, what happened to him? And the same, you know, like Hitler, the horrible, horrible, as people would say, evil people of the world. What happened? Like, yeah. How did that come to be? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 Uh, Pema Chodron talks about idiot compassion. It was like, she doesn't recommend that, you know, idiot compassion would be, you know, having compassion and trying to save them in some way or, or putting yourself uh, in the position of being hurt by them. It's like, that would be idiot compassion. It's like, no, you don't want that. You want, you know, smart compassion, you know, compassion with healthy boundaries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And And still, you know, to be able to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not con- like, not ridicule, but but stand up against what they what they what they did or what they yeah. you know yeah. stood for and say no, it was horrific. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I this is all I'm stepping into theory at this point. This is just my uh, my own musings and wonderings. It's like. Um, those life is a life earth life i'll say life on earth (laughs) because i don't know about life on other planets or other realms i do believe that there are other realms but we have chosen to come here this is a very difficult place you know very very difficult lessons somebody has to be on the other side of giving those difficult lessons and that's a very 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 difficult lesson for them you know, it's like to to be on the receiving end of it is bad enough. To be on the giving end of it was like, oh. wow, yeah, that sounds really hard. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, I I think that you know the, who they are, like who you are, is me in another time space. And this agrees with physics. I have a chemistry degree. I follow modern physics, and people talk about multiverses and all that. It's like. You know, I'm standing at this moment in time and I make a choice to keep my hands right here. And now I'm in this, this universe and I, you know, move my head in this direction. I'm moving into a universe. Every choice results in a universe. Nietzsche said everything that can happen has happened and is happening now. It's just like everything's happening at once. It's like, you know, all multiverses are all existent all the time. And I think that, you know, I shouldn't even talk about this because usually people's eyes glaze over when I start to talk about this, but uh, I'll continue because I started. But um, I think that our consciousness kind of travels through those universes based on our choices. So everything that can happen has happened and is happening. It's like a stack of CDs. It's all there. It's on the hard drive. It's just like, okay, which path are you going to take? So um, like if I had made all of the choices in all of my lifetimes that you have made, I would literally be you. So you are me in another time space. If I had made, if you had made all of my choices that I've ever made, 
then you would be me. So you are me. Charles Manson is me in another time space. You know, um, I don't know there's Pema Chodron or someone else that said this is like in another lifetime, I've been a slave owner in another lifetime. I've been the rapist. So a a lifetime is kind of like, hmm, you know, I wouldn't say lifetime, but time space, I would say. I get the time space thing. And that was one of the gifts I got from the egg, a little preview folks, is one of the lessons I was taught was you are healing, you are healed. What is, what is then is now or what is now is then I can't remember how right. it was then. but right, right, it was right. and so I understood in that moment the the timelines and right. that it's kind of collapsed yes yeah it's yeah. what 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 is in the future is already now right and so right, right. that made so much sense to right. me in, yeah. in that moment that I was like oh my god I get it yeah and you know our brains uh, you know, this is physics now, you know, our brains work in the direction, in a linear direction of time. But, you know, physics, physicists say, you know, time is not what we think it is. Time doesn't move from past to future. You know, that's not valid in terms of modern physics. So, but uh, I think it's the limitation that we have agreed to have by coming into this, you know, human life. Like we've agreed to come into the limitation of time moving forward. And, you know, we, we have um, the veil has dropped so that we're not, we don't have access to, you know, the inf- infinite of time and space. And um, it's like, Oh, you, how are you going to, how are you going to fully experience, you know, how am I going to fully experience this lifetime of being Kelly unless I, you know, have this human experience. I think that what God is, and again, I'm just talking about my beliefs. I think God is the summation of all of that. It's like the summation of all of those experiences. God wants to have all of the experiences, all of that consciousness, the totality of all of that consciousness is God. So, Oh, I just have to tell you again, because you keep, every time you say something comes out of your mouth, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had that experience. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. When part of another, again, I'm going to give away all my little secrets from my egg, but no, there's so much to it. I won't. But one of the lessons, another lesson that I was, was given was I was taken to the veil and uh, it was, it was with this, uh, on this like iridescent purple, blue indigo heart like butterfly I I can't even describe it It was a color that doesn't even exist in human form Mm. and um was taken to it and we just became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until we were like of atom size you know smallest element Um, and became part of the veil and I was given the message I was told you are part of the earth and you are part of the light um Mm. In, in you, your, your, your mission is to be a uh, prism of the light for, oh, wow. for others. And so yeah. in that moment, like I understood why I was here completely. And, and right. so it was incredibly powerful because you're right. It is this, there is the veil that separates us from this magnificent light that I can't even put into words of what it is, but it's just right. love and peace is all I can right. tell you. Yeah. Um, and those words don't do it justice. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was crazy powerful. So yeah, you just bring it so up. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. I listen to a lot of what I've been listening to lately. I told you I listened to hundreds of narcissist videos. So I've been listening to hundreds of near-death experience videos. And, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of research on that, you know, near-death experience. I think people are starting to realize that, um, you know, this is a scientific phenomenon. Like they study it at the University of Virginia. Uh, Bruce Bryson, I think his name is, and um, is the one of the foremost researchers. But um, you know what you're what you're saying is very similar to some of the out of out of, out of body experiences because near death experience has to happen. You know, by definition, near death. You know, yes. but uh, you know people do have out of body experiences that are very similar to near death experiences. And what you're what you're saying sounds very similar to some of the out-of-body experiences and the near-death experiences. And the way that you said, you know, it's like a color that doesn't exist in nature. That's like something that they say a lot. Uh, so, um, yeah, I recommend people learn more about near-death experience because it's like, you know, it's a window into the next world, you know. Oh, and yeah. yeah or other I had worlds. a guest. I had a podcast guest. There's an episode, if you go look for it, folks. Um, gosh, I'm so drawing a blank on who my guest was, but she had an NDE. Um Twice, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, people two, people think yeah. that it's rare. Or we like a lot of people who have them don't talk about them, but the research says one in twelve people, and maybe many people have more than one. Yeah. So it's much more common than than people who have not. I have not had one. You know, people who you know would generally think so. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things that is starting to come to the consciousness, the common consciousness. You know, it's kind of bubbling up into. Um, was that, you know, when, when everybody knows it, you know, just like everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, um, oh yeah, I know. I just had it in my head and then it went, Phew. yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I know I'll come up with yeah. it. But I think it's like a really useful thing to know. <laughs> it's like really useful. You know, it's like, you don't have to be afraid of death. It's beautiful. There are people that have had negative near death experiences. I was listening to this one guy and he wrote a book about his negative uh, experience. And um, it, it, in short, he said he was very narcissistic uh, as a, uh, he was a college professor and then he died and he found himself in hell and being torn apart by demons. And, uh, you know, he felt like he had been there for an eternity and he finally just kind of like um, was gave up and the, they left him alone for a while. And um and then he he said he was just kind of desperate. And he said, well, you know, he never prayed as a, you know, uh, an adult. So he said, well, you know, out of this was after an eternity, he said, you know, like, well, maybe I'll try this. And he couldn't think of a prayer. So he's like, uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag. I was like, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so he finally remembered a prayer that he had learned in childhood. And as soon as he started to pray, the demons rushed away. And uh, he got to the point where he just kind of like prayed, asked Jesus for help. And it was like, swoop, and Jesus took him up and off they went. And, and um, I think that near-death experiences always are an interpretation of what you think you deserve. Like the hell was in his own mind, basically. He felt like he deserved that. And he had to learn the lesson of like connection to uh, the divine. You know, you can call it Jesus if you want to. And uh, I, I like the name Jesus myself. 
uh, the other demons that were there with him, I have no doubt that those were other people that were kind of like have caught themselves, like they deserved to be demons. Like, no, nobody deserves to be a demon. You know, so I think it's important for all of us to know. It's like, no, everybody deserves that beautiful after-death experience. Like, there's nobody that deserves to be in hell. Nobody needs to be torn apart. Nobody needs to tor- tear apart people either. It's like that. I think that the, those lessons continue for the, with those people until they, out of desperation or whatever, reach out to the divine and then, zoop, oh, learn that lesson. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, so, and I know in my experience from a meditation, when I, the, I've only experienced being at the veil um, two other times, but um, the, the one time I just remember I was given, and when you said that about eternity, he was there for an eternity. I was given a glimpse of um, the light um, beyond the veil. And I say it lasted for a millisecond and an eternity all at once. Right. And because no time, right? There is no time. time. And I know all I know is that I came away from that. Well, as as I was there, I I said, This is where I came from, and this is where I'm I want to return. And that that was my pool. Like I just I feel pulled to that light. And so um, but it is like you just said it, everyone deserves to be is worthy of. We are all light. I mean, how could you, you know, there's only God is like, like God is love. Like that's all there is, you know, is there a devil? The devil's part of God too. (laughs) Maybe doubt the devil is serving some purpose, you know, just as the narcissist and the sociopath and the psychopath, they're all serving a purpose, providing lessons, but it's all God. It's all God. So it's like, everybody deserves to be part of God. It's just like, you need to be conscious that you're part of God, you know? Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Move in that direction. That's right. what Move in that direction. Yeah. 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 Pretty, oh pretty gosh. simple. Well, yeah. I could sit here and talk to you for, you know, another three days about all this. <laughs> we'll have there... to continue over tea or something. Oh so. yeah, for sure. For sure. Is yeah. there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we hadn't had an opportunity to talk about? I guess, you know, we talked about sensitivity. The thing that I wanted to say from a chiropractic perspective, I see the patterns of sensitivity in people's bodies. Like one is that people get a flat back, like, and by flat curve, right? Flat thoracic curve, the upper part of their back gets flat. And I, there's two things. One is don't grab your hands behind your back yoga style that forces the curve flat. Yeah. That makes sense. A lot yeah. of yogis yeah. do that, but I think that's an American addition. Don't grab your hands behind your back, close okay. chain style. And uh, I think that the reason that people who are sensitive, actually it's people who are under chronic stress, get a flat thoracic curve because they're not breathing deeply. So it's important to breathe fully, and that expands your rib cage in all directions, including your thoracic curve. Uh, if you've ever seen, I don't know if you remember that scene with Julie Andrews, uh, and I forget what the actor's name is, in, in The Sound of Music, where they're singing, somewhere in my youth or childhood, So, yeah. and they're, they're face-to-face, and she's got this huge thoracic curve because she's a singer. So singers have a very large thoracic curve. Why? Because they fully expand their lungs. The thoracic curve is the central curve for the neck and the the lower back. So I think that people who are under chronic stress breathe shallowly and it flattens their thoracic curve. And the autonomic nervous system is mainly on the front of that part of your spine. So a flat thoracic curve also triggers or irritates your autonomic nervous system. So it causes fight or flight in kind of like a, a cycle. 
So breathe, very simple, right? Breathe. And, um, you know, and that takes about a year to reestablish your thoracic curve, but that's important, critically important. And the other thing that I see as a pattern, a typical pattern for sensitive people is hyperflexibility. And it's kind of like uh, the joints become loosey-goosey. And a lot of people who love yoga are loosey-goosey like me. And, uh, you know, they love yoga because they can do it, but, and then they overstretch, but loosey-goosiness is unstable. So you don't want to be too unstable and strength and stability are the same thing. So I often say if everyone did yoga, then no one would need chiropractors, but, you know, yoga is not just stretching, you know, it's strengthening and balance and breathing too. So, and meditation. So uh, watch the loosey-goosiness. Because uh, it's an instability issue. Instability is a problem. It's harder to fix than something that's just stuck. I can just kind of move something that's stuck, but something that's unstable, you have to kind of keep it stable, keep it stable. One thing, um, I, I was thinking about this this morning, and I'll just mention this because uh, I, I suspect that a lot of your audience does yoga, and so they'll know what the pigeon is. Do you know what pigeon is yourself? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So pigeon is uh, kind of an extreme yoga position. And I love yoga. I've been doing yoga since I was 30. So uh, yo- uh, the pigeon posture, you're stretching your piriformis muscle, which is a glute muscle, and your psoas muscle, which is a hip flexor, the opposite at the same time. The only people that can do that safely are people that don't need to do that. So please don't do pigeon. Please don't do pigeon. Yeah. Stretch the piriformis muscle and stretch the psoas muscle. Do not do them together. What happens is that if you can't, if if the piriformis muscle on one side is tight or the psoas is tight or they're not equally kind of balanced, then you pull your pelvis out of whack. Either the SI joints go out of whack or the front of your pelvis, the pubic symphysis in front gets twisted. So, yeah. Please don't do pigeon and please don't grab your hands behind your back. Okay. (laughs) Yesterday I was trying to do just some poses. I wasn't doing a yoga exercise, but I was in the kitchen waiting for something to cook. I was making some bean soup. And so I was doing some lots and doing some different poses. And I was like, I'm going to put my hands on the ground. And one of the poses that we had tried was, uh, you know, like putting my knees on my elbows and seeing uh-huh. if I, I could like crow, I think it's called. I'm yeah, sure. is that what it yeah. is? I I'm so bad about yeah. when the names. Of I don't know names. all the names either. Yeah. And so I was able to hold it for like two seconds and I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, I was able to hold it. <laughs> that is amazing. Actually, yeah, so every I'm time like, when I, yeah, when I do that, I'm like, I'm going to fall on my head. I'm going to fall on my yes. head. Oh, I, I was, I was like, oh my God, don't hold it. <laughs> I know I wasn't breathing correctly through that whole thing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I don't think I can do that for two seconds. So good on you. So that's yeah, really good. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Been working on that core strength. So that's good. Yeah. So important. All right. So how do how do people connect with you? How do they find you? Uh, probably my website is best. It's chirokelly.com. C H I R O K E L L E Y two E's and Kelly.com. And that's the way that they can find me and learn more about me or send me a message and that type of thing. So awesome. And, and, so and schedule an appointment. People visiting the island can come in and see you as for well sure. as locals. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I, I often get, um, 
patients who are unfamiliar, they see their chiropractor at home and then they come to see me and they've never had the activator protocol, which is the instrument that I use. And they, they fall in love with activator and, uh, and then they find an activator doctor at home, which is activator.com. So I also can recommend that, but yeah, it's um, the activator is the instrument. It's really, really gentle and uh, so no cracking, very safe and very research-based. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. I love it myself. It was, and again, it did wonders for me and yeah, that's um, great. Yeah. yeah. I felt, wow, much more aligned. I know my, my like my legs weren't even, and there was right. all kinds of stuff going on. So right, right, right. yeah, yeah good, good. Wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that you are doing better. Thank you. I'm, I'm praying for your mom and you, Thanks. I know it's such a difficult time and your time of life, you know, to manage an elderly parent. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. a little firecracker. She's yesterday. I talked to her and she said, yes, today was the first day I was able to move without any pain in my legs. So she's That's awesome. rehab, doing therapy and Very good. Um, super proud of her. She'll be out there doing cartwheels again before I know it. So <laughs> that's great. I have to try to keep good. up with her. Um, all right. Well, everyone, Gosh, th- thank you, Dr. Kelly. Thank you. My pleasure. It was uh, such a great conversation. And I, you know, I, uh, you know, people who like us, you know, I don't, I don't get to talk about this stuff very often, you know, just kind of like freewheeling. So, you know, just the, the, the average person on the street doesn't kind of, are, isn't really interested in that type of stuff. Like talk about space time, you know. They'll, right. they'll roll their eyes or whatever. So. Oh, and I'm on board. Anytime you want to yeah. chat. Yeah, we have each other's numbers so we can, we can meet okay. up and chat it up. So. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. It. I love it. All right. All right. Well, everyone. Oh, I have to tell everybody. So I'm trying to wear a Hilton Head shirt every time I come on the healers of Hilton Head. So today I'm good restaurant. Old Oyster Factory. Oof. I call it oof. Oof. Uh, <laughs> It's, so if you come to Hilton Head and no, I'm not being paid for this. I'm just throwing this out here for yeah. because I live here and I love it. And I vacationed here for 20 years prior to moving here. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal place for food, but phenomenal place to see a spectacular sunset. Hilton yeah. Hilton view. Or, the view there is gorgeous. Oh Absolutely. my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Over Broad Creek and um, yeah. just wonderful. So if you have an opportunity, if you're looking for a great place to eat, uh, check out Old Oyster Factory um yeah kind of in my neck of the woods on the north end of the island so all right yeah <laughs> my 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 neck of the woods too we're we're both north islanders so. that's right it is funny how you know when you when you vacation here and then when you live here it's like oh i love the north ends because it's just yeah. calm and peaceful up here <laughs> normal kind of normal <laughs> right exactly exactly all right well everyone thanks for joining us today on the healing place podcast and remember until next time be gentle with yourself Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.